0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: I do my show on the Heritage Radio Network because I think it's important to talk about the impact of technology on our lives.
2: I do my show to reach home cooks and help them do better.
0: I love getting together with people in the industry. I like hosting my show because to me, it's the stories about people and their relationship to food that help make the food more interesting and more delicious.
1: Our hosts do their shows as a labor of love, but we still need your financial support in order to keep the lights on and keep the tape rolling. Please become a member today at heritageradionetwork.org.
3: Today's program is brought to you by Firesider. A health tonic based on the traditional New England cure all of raw apple cider vinegar and honey. For more information, visit Firesider.com.
1: Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy
4: Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit Heritage Network.org for thousands more.
3: Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the Heritage Radio Network every Tuesday from eh, a little late this time, it's still roughly noonish to like, you know, around one o'clock. Every Tuesday from Roberta's Pizzeria in Bushwick.
2: What
3: do you think? Hey, speaking of uh Bushwick b- b- Brooklyn, my subway uh you know, they're constructing or something, so it went like uh, one stop too far, and I got to take a different walk than I normally do, which means I was paying a little bit of attention. Some classic Bushwick on the walk over here. Check this out, Nastasia. First of all, I passed by King's Distillery, you know, which is right near here, King's County Distillery. And like Typical, like, by the way, this neighborhood, if you've never been to it, is like a bunch of hipsters have actually moved here. But this is supposed to be an industrial neighborhood, right? It's like all like low industrial neighborhood with roll-ups, like some residential buildings and like just like a lot of trucks and stuff coming around. So anyway, like they have their warehouse here, I guess. Maybe it's even where they age it. The roll-up is up because it's hot as hell, right? No one guarding it. All their whiskey barrels right there. Literally like on the ground, like if it had been you and me there, I would have been like, let's just – Keep I mean, like, on. let's leave a note saying we're not actually stealing. This is, this is a security test. And just roll it. Just roll it. Roll it out. Roll it down the street and go. There is not a single soul there. Then I loop the corner and I find that, of course, someone's working on a high low because someone's always working on the roads around here on the, uh, on the overheads, on the wires. And some incompetent truck driver, like, you know, okay, sideswiped it. So there's a, like the complete street is completely shut down. Because of this, like giant truck sideswiping a low. then I see like a more classic uh, Bushwick, a '76 Eldorado convertible, which, by the way, is a sweet car, but. Beat completely to hell, Anastasia and being used as a st- uh, extra storage closet because they don't want to pay for the uh, you, you know what, what are those things called the storage. Places. Manhattan, yeah, Manhattan, yeah. But here's the classic, and here's what makes it so awesome, and something that I would have done back in the day. They got the historical license plate for it, so they wouldn't have to pay as much uh, for insurance, and they can still keep it on the street. Oh, Brooklyn, you know how I love it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do any good cooking? No. No,
5: no, but you're getting a duck meal report from my sister's roommate.
3: Yeah, at live. 10:30. Yeah. All right. So, Ro- roommate like lives with her. Okay, so who is it? Jr. Jr. All right. But, so, uh, so he he's being called a roommate for the purpose of this. He's called should... a
5: roommate, but
3: it's uh it's lame. She won't call in. She's always busy. Yeah. Huh. Busy. Busy. Busy or scared? We're not sure. We'll ask JR when he calls <laughs> yeah. in uh, to the show at, uh, at 1230. So uh, what else? This is oh. your chance
1: to check out JR then. Make sure he's like, you know, a solid dude.
3: So, well, I mean, Nastasia knows him quite well. I, I mean, well. I don't know. Like, you know, my, my opinion on it is you know, quite meaningless. <laughs> Call in your questions to 718-497-2128. That's 718-497-2128. We have a lot of questions to get to because we didn't do any last week because of the uh, rock star thing. By the way. I uh, will uh one thing there's i not th- sure if people liked it. Yeah, I'm not sure if people liked it. Some people liked it. I got some tweets that some people at least liked it. David in the booth. Hello David, I forgot to call you out. How you doing? Hello, good. How are you? All right. Are you uh did you hear anything one way or the other? Do they like the new that 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 style of show?
1: Uh yeah, chat room a couple people wanted to have some questions answered, but I think generally the response was favorable.
3: By the way, I cannot believe that it was on uh, August 8th and no one made an 808 reference. Mm. Mm. Nothing sounds quite like an 808, David. Money, make it, money,
1: money. It's true. It. Disco,
3: disco break. Anyway, uh, okay, so we got uh, a bunch of questions.
1: Um, and we have a caller, too, whenever you're ready.
3: I'll take the caller first. Caller, you're on the air.
2: Hey, it's uh, Judy from Malden.
3: Hey, what's up? I was just oh, going to, I, in great. fact, I,
2: um, I have a question from you have, today on cookies, right? What? The cookies. Well, you don't have to answer the how many cookies I should bake for a hundred dollar question because I think I figured that out. Um, well,
3: what was the answer? So the question, by the way, people like because I answer? was going to go into it. What was the question? Was uh, a colleague offered her a hundred dollars to bake in quotes a bucket a bucket of cookies? And the problem is nobody knows what a bucket of cookies looks like. I mean, we know what a bucket of chicken looks like. No one knows what a bucket of cookies looks like, right? So, what was the answer, and how did you come across the answer?
2: Uh, I'm thinking three.
3: Three cookies?
2: No, 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 three batches.
3: Oh, three batches. It's like, oh my goodness, that is a tiny bucket or a very large cookie. So, how many cookies in the batch? Like, how many? a
2: good idea.
3: How many? How many cookies? Well, first of all, like when you say a batch of cookies, how do you want to scale it? Do you want to scale it in cookies? Because cookies, if you bake them like my grandma did, they're tiny. If you bake them like you know, like like Tozy does, they're bigger. We talking Tozy style size cookies?
2: I'm making Tina's cookies, so they're about a heaping tablespoon.
3: Okay. And so it's three batches. Like how, many, like, how many roughly cookies like that is three batches? Uh,
2: Well, last night one batch was 26.
3: All right. So this person's getting, like, 75 cookies, assuming that you eat one from each batch to prove that they're okay to yourself. They're getting, like, 75 cookies for 100 bucks. That's a yeah, freaking steal. Yeah. That's a steal. That's a, a steal.
2: It's like um, uh, you would have to pay two $1,
3: hundred dollars if you want. What size <laughs> you know, bucket does okay. that go into? Does that go into what, what size bucket is, is required to hold this thing? Like, I'm,
2: I'm not going to buy a bucket. It needs
3: to buy a bucket? Yeah. See, see, I was thinking about this uh, question. You know, and so the, the. By the way, folks, for those of you who don't know, that they, they, you're not, you don't like do this for a living. In fact, what the the, the problem here is, you're shifting from. I uh, I don't know if you've read uh, either Predictably Irrational by Dan Ariely or uh, Richard Thaler's Misbehaving or Nudge, but you're moving from a a social norm, right, where you're baking cookies for someone because because they're your buddy, into a market norm, and it's like totally different. And I think you've fallen into you've fallen into this in- uncomfortable like in between situation because if the person was going to Pay you for the – so you're basically you're putting yourself out in a discount situation, which like if you're happy to do it is one thing. But in general, when you switch from a social norm to a market norm and then you undervalue yourself in a market norm uh, situation, that can lead to like resentment. So let's say you're not willing to bake that many cookies for that amount of money indefinitely, right? Then all of a sudden you've put yourself in an untenable because you've anchored the price, what is that really
2: what I want to do for a living? I don't necessarily want to ha- have the same career t- trajectory as Christina Tozy. Right,
3: right, right. But my point is, is that okay? Yeah. You're, if you're over delivering, right? Let's. If someone asked me to do something, I'll give you another example. I know a wedding photographer, right? He hated shooting weddings. He hated it because he's a photographer, He wasn't a wedding photographer. What happened was someone said, "Hey, we want you to shoot our wedding." And he's like, I don't really want to shoot weddings. They're like, well, we really want you to shoot the wedding. So he goes, okay. And he puts it at a number so freaking high, right, that he's like, you know what? Like, if they go for this, they're crazy and I should do it because that's so much money. They went for it. He did that and then he got a bunch of those other high, high, high paying jobs. If he had gone low just to do it as like a marginal favor, then he would keep getting asked. You see what I'm saying? So it's like I would like – I would – I would say... If I
2: charged more for cookies, I'd be able to buy a seed rack and more... Well, that's the thing. So, like,
3: let's say, let's say you think, like, let's say you were going to do this even, like, marginally, right? You, like, the first batch you do, you have to say to yourself, okay, if I don't really want to do this for a living, like, what's a high enough number such that I won't be asked to do it again? right and then like that's what you that's what you charge and then if they go for it you're like well maybe it's worth doing after all i have to reassess my choices if if you do it uh, and then and then it doesn't even matter really what you make off that one batch because you're like, OK, maybe I'll do this again and I'll invest in a bunch of equipment I wanted anyway, like a speed rack, a bunch of sheet pans, maybe some extra sill pads, blah, 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 blah. And then down the line, you'll get a, a, you know, a bigger oven, yada, 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 right? But you price yourself so high that you're like mm. – but then if you put yourself in a situation where – by the time you factor in your time and anything you have to buy and the, and the goods that you're manufacturing, the actual cost. Because remember, you're buying ingredients probably and paying a lot more for them than someone who does this for a living is. Do you see what I'm saying? So like you kind of like uh, have undervalued yourself in this situation. I was thinking about it on the on the ride over here. But give I me- mean,
2: of course, like uh, eggs cost two dollars, butter cost three dollars.
3: No, yeah, that's a that's know. on a good day. That's on a good day. I mean, butter on on super sale in a regular supermarket, paying retail is three dollars a pound. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway, my point being, you know, you just have to like kind of factor these things in when you're switching. Because see, what I would do is like like I think that anything less than two dollars a cookie, and you're you're valuing yourself below the market. And then if they say no,
2: but I don't want. Professional prices. Well,
3: no, but that's that's my point.
2: These are people I know. Like I, I went, I would charge like a perfect stranger, maybe more money.
3: Yeah, but see, I think it's like tough. It's like you got to read this book, Predictably Irrational. Where here's here's a scenario. Okay. Let's say someone shows up at your house for Thanksgiving. Is the scenario he gives in the book? I think it was this book. And uh, and. You cook them a nice Thanksgiving meal because they're your family and you love them, right? So you cook a nice – thing. and then what if someone got up afterwards and was like, OK, how much do I owe you? You'd be like, what are you talking about? How much do you owe me, right? Because if you were going to do it for a living, you charge a lot more. So you're like putting yourself in this uncomfortable kind of in the middle position unless you're happy to do it. But then like be expected to ask to do it again and again. You see, I would charge like – I would charge enough – that it would be professional prices, then they would say, oh, man. And then you'd be like, you know what? Here's a batch of cookies on the house because you're my friend. See? And then, like, you didn't have to go into the market, and yet they got some cookies and they're still your friend, but they won't ask you to do it again because they know now that when you are charging for cookies, you charge this high rate. You see what I'm saying?
2: uh, uh... I guess I see what you're saying, but there are also scores of people who have eaten these cookies in the past.
3: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I know. That's why it's, it's an uncomfortable but,
2: you know, thing. I, I think we should change the topic. You tend to talk about the same subject. I think there. I was just finishing listening to the last podcast, and it's fine if it was just 15 minutes, but nobody got to talk about anything else.
3: Right. Well, that was a was a special. It was a it was a one-off special like rock and roll wine yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. It's not like the oh normal podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I would uh, consider that like didn't a give
2: out.
3: Oh. Yeah, I would consider Wait. that just like a special. Okay, but uh, but
2: uh, so, did not give out her home address to Perfect Strangers?
3: Did she, she did that? Nastasi gave out her home yeah. address to Perfect Strangers last week did on the you show?
5: She has the book. Oh, yeah. The Pressure
3: cooker, the, um, oh, you got it? I don't yeah. have it yet. Oh, she'll bring it in. She'll give it to me, and I'll read it. Yeah, no, I don't have it yet. But I, it, should
2: send it to her sister.
3: <laughs> oh right, yeah. Well, I'm gonna read it first though, right? Because you wanted me to get some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna read it first, and then we'll we'll give it to now the yeah, sister. Now that's to be really
2: cool, yep.
3: she, She's not gonna be. She doesn't want to be the Dunk meals correspondent anymore. Apparently, I was mean to her on the phone. But she's having her. We're calling him. No, now oh,
2: she's, calling. Yeah, yeah. she's can, calling. Oh, she's I calling. She's calling. Call. I can side with both you and Stars.
3: Well, that's what makes the show work, right? If you if if, if yeah, you if course. you only sided yeah. with one of us, then it wouldn't be fun, and you would just you know.
2: But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I think that's enough for today. All right, like, cool. I usually wouldn't be able to call in like this, but um, working at Sweetgreen has taken a big emotional, psychological toll. And uh, you, do you got how much do you know about Sweetgreen? Not much. Okay, so we make uh, three hundred sales an hour at my store. Monday through Friday, between 11 and 2, people will wait upwards of a half hour, and there are several in your area.
3: All right, in New in uh, in New York, and Manhattan, or over here in Brooklyn.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every well, I don't know if they're in Brooklyn, but we're in Manhattan. Well,
3: I'll definitely check it out, and uh, you, so, you you think yeah, about so the cookie so price. Know,
2: a weekday afternoon. It's-
3: All right, you. You think about the cookie Don't, price thing more and then yeah. and then you know email us back and let us know what you think.
2: And uh, you think about the curing chamber question.
3: We, okay. Alright, we'll do. We'll yeah. uh, we'll talk we'll talk about it soon. Alrighty?
2: Okay, all righty? Okay, alright. All right, right.
3: All right bye. thanks. All right, bye. Alright, uh wait, so what were we gonna what were we talking about? Don't know. All right. Uh let me see here. so your sister like decided to call in after all, Nastasia? I think so. You think so? Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> All right. So I feel that uh, we had um, um, we got a a question in last week from Chris. Here it is: Have you looked into the level of evidence linking carrageenans to inflammation or bowel cancer? Uh, So carrageenans, for those of you that don't know, are a class of hydrocolloids that are developed uh, that are made from um, various species of red seaweed, right? And uh, carrageenans are thickeners. Have been used. Uh, for centuries and centuries in cooking. Uh, The common name would be like Irish moss, uh, and uh, they have a very specific synergistic reaction with milk. So the super interesting thing about carrageenans is that uh, because of the synergistic reaction with milk, it takes a preposterously small amount of carrageenan to gel a milk system. So it's used extensively, especially in things like yogurt and uh, ice cream uh, and other uh, thickening chocolate milk, for instance, uh, but it's typically used in vanishingly small amounts because of that synergistic uh, effect with milk. Now, also an interesting thing about carrageenans is carrageenans are um, not a—it's not like sugar, which is pretty much just a molecule, sucrose, right? Uh, carrageenans are a—they're a, a polysaccharide, but they're not— In any sense, pure. In other words, they're a mixture of three or four different types of molecules. Now, the main molecule kinds are kappa-carrageenan. Kappa-carrageenan is is brittle uh, and very, very closely related, actually, to agar, which is another uh, uh, hydrocolloid. Uh, It just has—the difference between them has to do with uh, the the sulfates on them. Anyway, so kappa-carrageenan, very close to agar in structure and in uh, texture, in fact— It melts at a lower temperature than agar, but it's fairly similar. There is uh, iota carrageenan, and iota is uh, a lot uh, softer and bouncier than uh, kappa, so it's very different um, kind of, uh, even though it's very closely related, very very different uh, kind of texture. Uh, iota is also interesting because uh, gels made with iota, when you shear them, will re, somewhat reset after after time. So they're uh, interesting uh, for that, and they're widely used. Lambda carrageenans are more thickening carrageenans; they don't really gel. But all actual natural carrageenans are mixtures of these things, uh, and they're they're made industrially to specify certain kinds of uh, uses. So will be if someone says they're giving you kappa carrageenan, what they mean is they're giving you mostly with a bunch of other stuff in it that's been standardized for a particular application, let's say ice cream. Anyway, uh, so that's a long uh, introduction uh, into what so long, in fact, that my phone was like, maybe you're not watching me anymore, and it turned off. Uh, So that's kind of what carrageenan is. Now, um, the thing about it is that um, it has been... It was rumored to have uh, caused uh, cancer. Now, most of the stuff about cancer, and specifically in kappa carrageenan, it comes from decades ago uh, in, the, in the 80s. Uh, but every once in a while, there's a kind of a, a, a resurgence of it, and the question is how strong is the data? Uh, and then um, I'll read exactly what uh, the question was if uh Oh, it got, uh, it got, oh, okay. Have you looked into the level of ev- evidence linking carrageans to inflammation or bowel cancer? Uh, I'm still on a quest for a fresh espresso, espresso frappe that is stable for at least five minutes. And Lambda carrageenan seems promising, but Wikipedia and a few other sources, not just crackheads, suggest a potential risk. Thanks for any insight you might have, uh, data or alternative approaches. Love the show every week. and looking forward to the centrifuge, uh, Chris. Okay, so the, the deal is, is that most of the current stuff that's being put out, and when I say current, really like 15 years old in this country anyway it's put out by a particular person her article her name is tobacman and her uh review article from 2001 is available on the web for free um and it's called something like uh potential health effects of carrageenan and the Di- dietary carrageenan and the here's the deal no one really thinks that carrageenan uh the actual carrageenan is uh Is bad for your health. All of the all of the data is focused on something called degraded carrageenan or polygenin. and what this is is uh, carrageenans that have been broken down into much smaller um, molecular uh, weight molecules than you would have in um, carrageenan that's actually kind of used uh, industrially. And so her point is, and so so basically, no one thinks that regular carrageenan is causing cancer. Okay, now. The question is, Is okay, now does this degraded carrageenan and polygenin cause cancer? Now, most of the studies for uh, degraded carrageenan are feeding, directly feeding de- uh, degraded carrageenan to things like rats, pigs, and mice. And in general, they're feeding them at levels like 1% in the diet, i.e. 1% of everything that you eat is degraded uh, uh, or drink is degraded carrageenan, and at levels between one percent and five percent, which is a gigantus amount of carrageenan, um, of degraded straight. They're feeding it straight de- degraded carrageenan, either in the liquid diet or in the solid diet. There ha- like, it does show, um, it does show the. Um, uh, that increased uh, cancer rates and inflammation rates in, in those things. The studies in – first of all, you can't do that study in humans. That would be ridiculous. So no one, no one's done that. I believe she has participated in some epidemiological studies. I didn't get a chance uh, to, to read them. Uh, now, here's the issue, right? That's all degraded carrageenan. Now, the, her, one of her main arguments – she has two main arguments. One, that uh, carrageenans, as so, like I told you before, don't have uh, – a specific molecular weight. So any carrageenan sample that you have possibly has a bunch of lower molecular weight poly- polygenin in it, right? Because they're not specified. Now, whether or not an actual sample has that in it, who knows? I don't. But it's not specified, for instance, or, or um, written in it that this contains no uh, fraction smaller than, let's say, you know, 10,000, uh, you know, uh, Daltons and whatever wh- they measure. I don't know how they measure it. Um, because Dalton's I think is only for proteins, I can't remember. Okay, point being that uh, it might be polydispersed this way. The other uh, issue she has is that is that in the stomach, now when you, the way you make polygenin, degraded carrageenan, is you take carrageenan and you heat it in the presence of acid. And so one of the contentions has always been that in the stomach, possibly carrageenans can uh, get converted into degraded carrageenan. So there is a study that she references in her, in her 2001 study from 1983 done in Europe where they just took carrageenan, they put it in at 37 uh, degrees, which is roughly body temperature, and they put it at one, mol, 0.1 molar hydrochloric acid, which is, by the way, the maximum that your stomach gastric juices ever get, and actually the pH that they had, which they referenced, I don't know if it was a typo, they referenced that they had a pH of 1, it might have just been a typo, which is way below the pH of gastric juices most of the time. Most of most of the time, your gastric juices are about ha- uh, point point five per, point five point oh uh, uh, five to point one molar uh, hydrochloric acid equivalent. Anyway, that neither here nor there. And they showed that there was carrageenan uh, degradation being done. Uh, over that length of time, six hours inside the stomach, to the point where it was classified as having a, some degraded carrageenan in it. Now, first of all, that's showing that taking carrageenan and putting it in the stomach p- creates some degraded carrageenan. Remember, though, in the other ones, they're feeding straight degraded carrageenan, not partially degraded uh, car- you know, full carrageenan. And furthermore, uh, logic would dictate that that degraded carrageenan gets degraded even further into smaller subfractions. So I would say the evidence relatively weak. Real, very kind of weak. It's you know. Uh, the evidence is weak. The evidence, the evidence is weak. You are weak. Anyway, I would say it's weak evidence. I don't feel bad feeding it to my family in the levels that uh, are currently being used. I don't see any reason why this particular hydrocolloid In other words, I don't know that like, they didn't say, okay, we did the study with uh, carrageenan. Now we're going to run it with agar, and yes, agar is much worse than carrageenan. So I don't really – the studies didn't have kind of that level of understanding why there would be a causal relationship versus other kinds of similar uh, undigestible fibers. So until I see that or until I research more, I would continue I, – I, me personally would continue to use it. But th- that's the actual data if you want to uh, go look at it and make a decision for yourself. Yeah.
1: Yep. Hey, hey, Dave. We yes. got uh, Jr. on the line.
3: Oh, oh, so it was Jr. All right, Jr. You're on the air. Our dump meals. Our dump meals co-correspondent Jr. How you doing?
4: I'm good. How about yourself?
3: Doing well. Doing well. So describe the dump meal you made for us this week.
4: He didn't make it. Oh,
3: okay. Describe the dump meal uh, that Natty made for us. Our our other dump meal correspondent Natty. You're just the report, the reporter on the dump meal. So what what was it? <laughs>
4: Right, if Natty's the dump meal correspondent, I'm like the auxiliary reporter.
3: Oh, I like that. So you're like, okay, yeah, I don't know, we'll figure it out. You know how, like, CNN has a billion titles so that, like, everyone somehow seems like they're the chief political correspondent? (laughs) You have to, seriously, like, there's 50,000 people at CNN who are all somehow the chief correspondent for something. It's kind of like, you know, there's a sculpture in front of Columbia University's uh, art, uh, sorry, a uh, law library that is the largest of something, but it has so many qualifiers on it. It's like the largest semi-relief, semi-freestanding, attached law school. It's like one of those. So we'll figure out some title for you like that, where it seems like you're in charge.
4: Right, right. You've got a chief, like, country correspondent, chief national correspondent, chief U.S. correspondent. It's all about, you know, trying to get some names.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do, you want to, what do you want to be? You want to be the chief national dump meal correspondent?
4: You know, I'm just kind of taking it day by day here, just kind of not get yelled at. All
3: right, all right. Um, well, listen, if I yell, uh, if, remember, I've never met you. So if I yell at you, it can't be personal.
4: Right, exactly. Yeah,
3: yeah. All right, so go ahead. So what, what was the dump did meal?
4: So the, so the dump meals. Um, so there were three, actually, this week that we tried out. Again, I didn't make them personally, but I had some kind of role. Um, we had a peach cobbler. Oh, peach cobbler. Um,
3: Describe. How, do you, how the hell do you make a cobbler dump? What was the crunchy on top of the cobbler that was done in the, in the crock pot?
4: Yes, um, there, it was pretty... I, I was surprised at kind of the texture and that it was actually like crunchy. Well, um, what, what it was had, it? It had a good element there.
3: Well, what was it? Do you know what was in it?
4: Sorry, I couldn't hear you on that
3: one. What, what was in it? Like what were the ingredients? Like what was the preparation?
4: Um, so again, I was working the late shift, so I didn't have great details on how it was made, uh, but I it's do useless. know that there was, some granola and I think peaches and a few other things,
3: but peaches, when we say peaches, are we talking like peaches, like off a tree. Are we talking peaches from a can? Are we talking peaches, the rock star?
4: We're talking about peaches from a can, not from a tree. Um, but they were actually, um, pretty good. It was delicious actually.
3: So canned peaches and granola for a billion hours in a crock pot is fundamentally what we're talking about?
2: Uh,
3: H- here we yeah. go. All right.
5: Recipe called for 1.5-cup oats, 2-3-cup buttermilk baking mix. Buttermilk baking mix? What is buttermilk baking mix? She said, I use the one for waffles and pancakes. This quick. Teaspoon cinnamon, teaspoon nutmeg, 1-cup sugar, 1-cup light brown sugar, 8-medium peaches sliced.
3: Whoa! So an actual peach <laughs> right. was killed
5: for this? I All used right. four because it was a mini crock pot. Uh, left it in for six hours. It took some Nyquil and passed out.
4: And never mind. I was actually told. I you know again my correspondent gave me the detail that it was actually real peaches.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. real peaches, yeah. Wait, so
1: that, is there NyQuil in the dump meal? Is, no. it like a, is it like a nutcracker dump meal?
3: Wow, wow. In which case, you have visions of it being awesome as <laughs> yeah, you're passing out. Yeah. You awesome. So, the, so it was, oh, the oatmeal somehow crunched out on top. All right, what was the second dump meal? Uh, by the way, what is your idea of delicious? <laughs> Do you find McDonald's apple pies delicious? No, I don't, actually. Okay, why? Tell me why, so I know where you're coming from. Um, Why do you not find them delicious?
4: I I think there's a feeling of freshness in the cobbler that we made uh, that isn't there in the McDonald's. He's being like a real CNN reporter, avoiding the
3: question. (laughs) Nastasia, first of all, takes exception to the we aspect of this. (laughs) Secondly, one of the fundamental problems of the McDonald's apple pie is it is weak in acidity and salt least, right. okay, I haven't had one in, in 20 years, but back the last time I had one, and I've had them both baked and fried because they did a switchover, right? And they're just not, right. they're not, you know, the, what is, what in your opinion, what is the best easily gettable fake mass-produced pie? Right. No, I it mean, what, what is it? What's the, what, what, yeah, it's like, do you like hostess pies? I don't. Okay, hostess <laughs> pies are poor quality, but they taste good. <laughs> See, I'm trying to, like, ferret you out here. Why do you not like hostess pies?
4: Why do I not like them?
3: Yeah, do you not like them in theory, or do you actually think that they are a bad-tasting item of food?
4: Um, I think they're a bad taste, and, like, frankly, I think that people want things that feel fresh and feel like there's real sugar in it, as opposed to artificial.
3: What's artificial sugar? You mean corn syrup? Yeah. Don't get me started, Jr. <laughs> JR all right. All let's right. Let's move on. This. All right. This what's the weird. next? What's the next dump meal? What's the next dump meal?
4: The next one is mac and cheese.
3: Oh my god. Okay. So how was mac and cheese that had been kept uh, in a crock pot for six hours?
4: It was actually quite good. Um, used some shell pasta noodles, um, and I don't know, like very good. So it wasn't necessarily like, very like. Chewy,
3: um, in a way that, like, maybe- wait. So wait. So was if it wasn't in what way was it good? If it wasn't, give me the recipe, Nastasi. No, I have don't on your have phone? that
5: one. Mm-mm.
3: We have to get the actual recipe I so I can insult the actual recipe bit by bit. I don't have any idea what Jr's Call actual it. like. Yeah, no. What his like idea of a good mac and cheese is? Jr. You're a you're a uh, you're a Yale, Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have had Yale University's uh, macaroni dishes in the past, and their Roman rice and beans, and all of those things. How did it compare to Yale dining hall?
4: Um, I would actually this
3: was. Wait, what? He fuzzed out there. He's got. <laughs> he's just like a real correspondent. When like, when the going gets tough, the the, the feed gets dicey. All chat-, right.
1: chat room is suggesting the Jr. is in the pocket of big dump meal. <laughs>
3: uh, I'm, we're keeping it. We're keeping it accurate on the show, though. We're going for real. All right. So wait. So wait. How are you there, Jr. Yeah. Okay. Here. How was it compared to the Yale dining hall macaroni?
4: And I said I thought it was far superior.
3: far superior. Far superior.
4: I would also tell you that personally, I'm not a very big fan of the dish in general, but I really liked this, and it was even in like the heat of the summer, it was very good and felt like very even light. I would say.
3: Uh, okay, but like, I, what was in it? Was it just like a mac and he cheese, or did know. it have chopped up tomatoes on top, for instance? Did it have a breadcrumb topping on top that was added after it came out of the dump extravaganza? Because that would add some sort of texture to an otherwise textureless overcooked pasta dish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What was the uh, what was the che- what was the cheese component? Do you know? Did you see what cheese went into it?
4: I, Zach, um, <laughs> but I I. I, I
3: Velveeta, Velveeta, please.
4: (laughs) I know I'm.
3: Please, Velveeta, Velveeta, Velveeta. By the way, Velveeta. uh, I don't think we've talked about this on the show before, but Velveeta was built for queso. You like queso, right, Stas? Yeah. Yes, queso, delicious. Rotel tomatoes, Velveeta. Here's a secret, though. Velveeta is very expensive, so if you don't want to use all Velveeta, you can take Velveeta and supplement the rest of it with like other cheeses uh, and use the excess emulsifiers that are in the Velveeta to pull everything back into the queso kind of a realm. All right. Did you have another dump meal to describe to us today?
4: I have one last one. Yes, I have sticky rice pudding.
3: Oh, my And that was
4: actually, God. this is the one that was used from a new book um, that we received um, recently. Uh, and as opposed to all the others that you've heard about over the course of the past few weeks that were from one book. Um, And this one was also good. It was kind of like a coconut um, sticky rice pudding. Um, Very flavorful. um, And, yeah, very positive readout. Literally all three were very, very good.
3: Did it use Thai black sticky rice, or did it use regular short-grain glutinous white rice?
4: Uh, We used it in grain rice. (laughs) What?
3: Was it white or black? See, my sticky rice puddings, I like... I like using the Thai black sticky rice. It still has a hull on it yeah. because it like you, – do you ever use that stuff, Stas? Remember no. we used to cook with it occasionally. Yeah, I know you talking. I about love that stuff because it's gl- glutinous rice on the inside but not as sticky on the outside. It's got that beautiful color to it. Yeah, That will look, honestly, if you're going to crock pot something like a sticky rice pudding, mm, that's the one that I would go for of these three, right? that's the one that I would probably go for but, uh, but what we need is we don't have a list of the stuff in it so we know what went on top I know. the main problem we have here JR is that there needs to be a differentiation in texture in foods that you eat otherwise this is the problem with nursing home food is that there's no freaking differentiation in texture everything is made so that it can be gummed by anyone because they don't actually respect the people they're feeding Not, that's a harsh generalization but I'm saying that in many places that I have seen there's a lack of and in hospitals as well a lack of respect for the eater and what that typically means is I'm gonna make life easy for myself and I'm gonna jam Pablum down your throat with it with no texture, right? And so the problem with the dump meal in general is the creation of alternate textures. Same problem with anything. Same problem with low temperature cooking. (laughs) Same problem with all this is that you need a variation in texture. So like my – one of the key questions here is if I'm going to write a dump meal book, right, all of the textural adjuncts are going to have to be thrown on after it comes out of its six-hour hell steep inside of the little bucket of death. You know what I mean? <laughs> like cause there's, yeah. pl- there's plenty of stuff that can chill for six hours at a relatively high temperature. It's just – but you need to somehow crunch it up. Like what's one of the greatest yeah. things on earth? Duck confit. One of the greatest things on earth, right? yeah but who right. eats it right out of the thing without crisping up the skin? Enemies of yep. quality do that. Evil people do that. You know what I mean? It's like right. anyway. Yeah. So like what we have to figure out is how no, the different we, textures work we with the ingredients and things i not to be scared. Yeah, don't be scared and listen, if you want to be the chief national dump meal correspondent, you got to get the recipes down so you can insult them or whatever. I mean, I don't know whether you're taking like we have people accusing you JR of being in the pocket of big dump. <laughs>
4: Hey, I mean, I guess I should have disclosed my interest before I came on the should air. Have. Yeah,
3: definitely. All right, well, listen. Well, we ap- We appreciate you. it. And we'll get those recipes and we'll report back to people maybe next week.
4: Thank you. Yeah. Right, thanks a lot. All right. Thank, thanks for having me on. And, All right. Uh, have a good rest of the show. Thanks. All right, cool. Thanks. Bye.
3: Uh, okay. By the way, remember uh, Russ... Uh, who is 23? Uh, wrote in about espresso a while ago. I feel like we didn't fully answer. I his think we did. We did. Yeah, you definitely. All right, did. Russ. If you need more information on how to go cheap on espresso, I, I'll say this one thing in case I forgot to say it before. The issue is, is that because uh, he was interested in using that ROK, which you is went the pressure deep thing. In it. All right. Look, <laughs> I'll just say this again. Uh, there is something cool about taking the incredibly hard route to make a single cup of coffee when you're 23. The problem is – and I say the same thing. It's about people who are doing uh, – like uh, back when everyone was writing about doing – Um, low temperature cooking by using coolers giant like uh, insulated coolers and you know can you cook a steak using a five gallon cooler and you know heated tap water by calculating all the the final temperature and your temperature drop and and the strike temperature of the water sure let me ask you this would you do this on a regular basis answer no right because when do you actually need coffee Russ like you need coffee in the morning When you are not a human being, when you wake up and your eyelids are glued shut because you're like kind of sick and you had all those things you were working on the night before, you're tired as all heck. You can barely get up to go to the bathroom and take a shower. And at that moment in your life it's when you really want a nice, good cup of coffee. And if you have to go jump through 18 flaming hoops at that point in your life to get that cup of coffee, you're just never going to have that cup of coffee. That's all. Right? What do you think, Stas? I don't care. About coffee? I
5: really don't care. About what? About coffee, about making coffee. I just don't care.
3: Nastasia buys her coffee on the street.
5: (laughs) No, I just make it into Mr. Coffee. Why do you not care about coffee? I just don't care at all. Why? I don't know. Why? Because I put milk
3: and sugar in it. So you're saying that people who put milk and sugar in their coffee shouldn't care?
5: I, I just really don't Why? care. Why? I just don't care. No, coffee to me is coffee. It, what's and interesting, I really what's hate interesting, strong. What, what's interesting like, to me
3: is that you're like, obstinately don't care. It's not like. <laughs>
5: well, because I, it's only because you care so much that I, I, I'm letting you know I do not care.
3: Because I care, no, no, you don't. Not, so if no, I no, didn't no, no. care, you would that- care. No, I still that's would, said <laughs> I still that's what you just said. That's what you just said. But I'm
5: letting you know cuz you can not that does not get through your head. I do not care about coffee. All these years, 8 years, I don't care about coffee. Before I met you, didn't care about coffee. Do not care about coffee.
3: How do you consume something every day and not care? How do you like every day consume something <laughs> and not like care? I like what I brew and that's it. Well, you, but you said you like it. That doesn't mean you don't care. But
5: I'm not well, doing, it's But, my point but is that your the, advice to this what guy you should is care is, is, a ton and I'm no, saying That's not I what I'm saying. Care. I'm
3: saying She she doesn't even listen to what I freaking say. What I'm saying is make your life easy because in the morning, when you actually need a cup of coffee, you don't want to have to jump through a bunch of hoops. You literally didn't listen to anything I said. You didn't listen to one word that I said. I said that when you're 23, you were willing to go through a bunch of steps to do something, but take in mind the fact that you need to do it a lot and you don't necessarily want to jump through those hoops all the time. You're telling him to perfect it. That's not what I said at all. That's not what I said. I said you can okay. do that as an interesting exercise, but it's not something you necessarily want to do every day. Okay. Didn't listen to anything. People does not listen to a thing I say. I did do. Did not even get the gist of what I was I saying. Do. You did You'd not be even get how the, much I you didn't to what you say. How do you not get the gist of what I was saying?
5: You start talking about coffee and I'm done. Like, See, it, that's what I'm saying. You don't even care about yes, what I'm saying. I, I could be saying, don't
3: drink coffee. I could I would be still saying, drink it. You know what you should do, Nastasia? what you say Nastassia, about coffee. just buy no dose. Just buy no dose, what crush it up, no and put it in Kool Aid and drink it no in the morning. Dose? Caffeine pills. No. Just get something to make you poop in the morning. I'm going to buy you a mixture of X lax and no I dose, mean, grind I just it up, and put it in the milk and have you drink it. Coffee. Ridiculous. Like when I stayed
5: at your house, I had to bring my own Mr. Coffee. That's.
3: Do you care enough to bring your own freaking coffee machine? No, but I'm saying. You're just a liar. No, that's not Care only to make conversation. Me mad. That's all you care about. You
5: care a lot. She I, care, she, people. I she doesn't care about coffee.
3: I have an automated machine. Since like I have an automated machine. When? She cares enough about coffee to bring her own coffee machine. If she really <laughs> didn't care, you, she would just turn on coffee. my machine and take whatever came out of it. I don't know how to use it. it. You had
5: that like drill on the top of your bean thing. No.
3: Yeah. No, first of all, then you could just bring coffee and throw coffee into the machine. You don't care what it's like. You don't care if it's you pee water. Like people you don't like people touching care if machine. It's No, no. You keep on making up new things to go along. You- Ken you said, said to me, "I'm not touching your machine
5: you because I don't make want to." Coffee that's not in no, your machine. no,
3: no, no, okay. no. That's garbage. You are just obstinate.
5: I'm not. You want me to care about coffee? No. You-
3: Okay, people. Let me, want me ask to care people. About anyone in the chat room happens to be there right now? <laughs> does someone who does not care about coffee bring a coffee machine to somebody's house three hours away that they had to unplug and take off of their counter? Bring special coffee to use because not I don't have that kind of ground. Yes, me. you did. Special meaning any. any. I had coffee in my house, so the fun, she goes no, stays in my beans. house, brings her coffee machine and brings her coffee. I submit to you. Does this sound like a person who does not care about coffee? Especially because you could drive five minutes and buy other coffee. No, no, no. Or does this mean someone who just obstinately, like my racist dead grandpa, obstinately only enjoys having garbage to shove it in other people's face and say, see, I like garbage? That, <laughs> I submit true. to you, is what is actually that's happening. Not,
5: no, I'm not saying I like garbage. Yes, you are. I'm saying, are saying don't I like garbage. Care about you are saying that I will drink pool water. No, that's not Someone true. who doesn't
3: want to spend time wouldn't have thought to pack a coffee machine. Because
5: everybody needs coffee, right? Doesn't everybody need coffee? No. No. Who? No. In the morning. No, like I say, I'm going to buy you
3: X lax and (laughs) No-Dos and grind it up. It'll have you go to the bathroom the same way and it'll wake you up the same way.
1: Chatroom is a fan of Mr. Coffee, by the way. Thank you,
3: Chatroom. Yeah, but I'm not – I've never said anything negative about Mr. Coffee. Like, I mean, if you're going to do that, like, you'd probably get a Technivorm. I don't know if they still sell those, but I'm not a – I'm not – saying that there's anything wrong with that kind of coffee. Nastasia is saying there's something bad about that kind of coffee because she doesn't care about it. And so because she doesn't care no, about it. Told she brings it the you told me that you
5: think it's crap.
3: I never said that. I said the coffee that you buy every day in the Which morning is the same. out No. <coughs> Nastasia goes to a street corner. I don't anymore. Nis- that's what we were talking about. Okay. That when I was telling you, you like crap, t- it like because- that
5: to me tastes like the Mr. Coffee Stuff tastes like the street coffee. Tastes like the stuff I grew up with.
3: Nastasia used to say that the apogee (laughs) of coffee production was to go to a quilted metal box on the side of the street with plexiglass and get coffee that had been brewed at 3 a.m. with beans that God knows how old they are, like makes chock full of nuts look like the greatest coffee on earth, was kept in a swill bucket that entire time, right? and then served her at some point later in a styrofoam cup that she then ate, drank 20 minutes after that, that she didn't just say that that was acceptable to her, which would have been one thing. She said, that's my favorite coffee.
5: The the apogee of all coffees.
3: The apogee of all coffees, people.
5: I never said that.
3: Uh, Okay. (laughs) You said that's your favorite. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Do we get anything, David, from the chat room on whether anyone's tested vacuum uh, tumbling or uh, pressure infusion?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. Let me check.
3: Yeah, because remember, we're going to try to do something with uh, Greg Blonder from Genuine Ideas uh, on that. Oh,
2: my gracious. Oh,
3: jeez. Did we we handle the uh, bitter orange question? Just got an email from
5: Ken Ingber who said, fantastic fight. The I don't care about coffee fight is fantastic. You're taking the husband part and Dave is taking the wife part in a high energy, pointless
3: bicker. Fantastic. First of all, what makes makes one wife and one husband? What's the difference? I don't
1: know. Chat room did say this is the Godwin's law of cooking issues.
3: What's Godwin's? I don't know what
1: that means. That is the uh, adage that any discussion on the internet eventually devolves into somebody making a comparison to Hitler or Nazism.
3: <laughs> so wait, which one's
1: Hitler or Nazism?
5: No, you made a, you made a
3: racist. Oh, my grandpa was racist and <laughs> I, is actually dead.
1: No, not that specifically, oh, but just uh, the idea that like a discussion will eventually devolve into that.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's like, you know, I don't know about Godwin, but it is 100% true that high school debate... Everything there ends up with nuclear war or fascism or Hitler. Everything. Everything. Uh, Like, uh, anyway, did we answer the bitter orange question already or no? Mm, Last week? No. Okay. This is uh, from uh, Matt Hall. Uh, I recently prepared some Cuban-style pork shoulder marinated in a mojo sauce. Uh, initially cooked sous vide and finished off on the grill. I live in Rochester, New York. Our local Wegmans grocery stores are great, but they're not bitter oranges great. The usual recommendation for simulating bitter oranges is a mix of sweet orange and lime. I decided to research the actual composition of bitter oranges uh, and sure enough, uh, citric acid and malic acid are the primary constituents, but I also found references to fumaric acid. The below article is one such example, blah, blah, blah. Further research shows that fumaric acid is a well-known acidulant for foods. My question, do you have any experience to comment on whether fumaric acid provides a unique contribution to the flavor profile? Spectrum Chemicals supplies food-grade fumaric acid, and so I'm ready to give this a shot one way or the other. Thanks. Um, And so the short answer is no. I also know that it is used as an acidulant in foods, but I never bothered sourcing it um, because I was talking to some professional um, food formulators and I talked to them about it. And they said it's mainly there to adjust uh, pH to be be an uh, acidifier without having that much flavor impact. So it's actually more – it's less of a flavor impact, acidulant and more of just a um, like something to adjust the pH down. I don't know if that's true or not, but I remember that they they someone said that to me, and it stuck in my head. And once that stuck in my head, like kind of the fire inside of me to go get it, kind of fizzled out. Um, also, you know, <clears throat> I try I try to you know when I recommend things, recommend things that are easier to get than stuff that you get on Spectrum Chemical because their prices are really high. The exception is quinine just because quinine is a unique kind of a, a thing that you need and the, the results you get using quinine sulfate are so different from the results you get using kinchona bark. But uh, I get your point. If anyone out there uh, in uh, Chatland or uh, can tweet me that they've used fumaric acid and whether it tastes... Uh, Substantially different, I'd, I'd appreciate it. I mean, obviously, you know, the major acids we use are all different lactic, uh, malic, citric, tartaric, and, and uh, phosphoric. Phosphoric being the most different and one that Nastasia does not enjoy. But do you like cola? Mm hmm. But you don't, you never liked anyone's, like, any, everyone who's tried to make a drink with phosphoric acid in the bar, you've hated, right? Yeah, I think so. Is it just because they think they overuse it?
5: Yeah. I can taste
3: it pretty. You also don't like. If you know there's bicarb in it, you don't like bicarb. Like all those adjusted waters with bicarb mm-hmm. you don't like,
2: mm-hmm.
3: right?
1: Mm-hmm. Dave, we got to wrap up in a minute.
3: Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Um, wasted on a fight. Oh, wasted on a fight. All right. Well, let me – oh, my God. We have so much else to talk about like uh, plums and bitterness. Uh, but anyway, I guess we'll have to get back to it next week. Cooking issues. <laughs>